The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, certainly there is no shortage of mean women in the news and in the world, and we're especially mean to each other. Just look at people like uh, Kate and uh, Kate from Kate and John Plus Eight and Haley Glassman. Those two are, I think we've be- just begun to see the cat fight between those two. The women on The View, they're always seeming to uh, be in cat fights with each other, even as The View, even as the guests uh, keep changing, the, the regular guests, the regular women who are on there, even <laughs> it keeps changing because there are cat fights. Then we have the Desperate Housewives and all the fights that were, there were more fights off camera than on. And then we have the Real Housewives of Orange County and so on. Always in the news, you can hear these tales of um, women who are going, meow. (laughs) Well, my guests today are going to tell us why. They're going to explain uh, why there are mean girls and meaner women, and that's the title of their book, The book is Mean Girls, Meaner Women, Understanding Why Women Backstab, Betray, and Trash Talk Each Other, and How to Heal. And my guests are Dr. Joan Rosenberg and Dr. Erica Holliday. They're psychologists. They're authors. They have private practices in Los Angeles. They host their own radio show in Los Angeles called Full Circle, and they have teaching experience in different psychology programs. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Well, tell us. Not that I haven't ever experienced either being a cat <laughs> or being caught up in a cat fight, but you two have examined the deep roots of how and why this happens beginning from the time that we are little girls. So explain. Erica, you want to take charge? Sure. Um, you know, there are a number of factors that go into explaining why girls and women are mean towards each other, but to talk about or to start off talking about how it starts early on, um, you know, one of the reasons is that, we, you know, girls and women, we get a lot of conflicting messages, messages oftentimes that boys don't receive, and, and some of those messages have to do with, um, you know, if you... If you act a certain way, so if you are sweet and nice, you, you get deemed as being too girly-like, and that's seen as being a negative thing. But on the other hand, if you're, if you're a girl and, you, and you're too competitive or you're bossy or you're outgoing, 
that's also seen as a negative because then you're, you're deemed as being too masculine. So, so girls early on get these messages, which we call in our book the double bind, because it's, it's sort of like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. So, so that's one of the things that we, we explain or talk about in our book in terms of how this first starts of, of how we get confu- confusing messages that go into or play into why women end up being nasty towards each other. Joan, did you want to add something? To... Uh, sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that, that what Erica's uh, referencing has to do with, if you will, kind of the, the way we're taught to be in terms of our gender role in society. So, again, just to, to, um, I mean, to emphasize what Erica was saying, just that it, it, there, there are a, a whole variety of messages that, that we get um, as, as girls to start with. And, and that there are also other influences. There's uh, certainly in our day and age now the, the kind of media influence that, that occurs. Uh, we also talk about in the book how, how uh, there are brain influences that, that I think make a difference and also that there are influences um, uh, actually that one might consider from uh, dating back to kind of evolutionary times, kind of uh, what our role as, as women uh, initially was in terms of caring and, and raising kids, and that and that there's a style of taking of protecting ourselves, if you will, that girls and women learn um, that's that's actually tied to caring for the young in later years. Well, could you? Well, let's go into these a little more deeply. Also, um, you do talk about, I assume, the role of the girl's little girl's relationship with her mommy and the little girl's relationship with her daddy. Uh, we actually don't delve into that uh, quite quite as much. <laughs> um, it, well, you know, this uh, is my Freudian self coming out, where it seems to me that one of the influences, of course, would be the Oedipal phase, that maybe <laughs> that we're t- that we get somewhat stuck in, uh, some of us more than others, where we're competing for daddy's love with our rival, our mother. Mm. You know, actually, we didn't we didn't go that route at all in the book in terms of in terms of that level of competition. Uh, I think we we took much more of uh, a look at um, social influence, the uh-huh. how uh, the effect of groups, uh, the effect of media, uh, the effect of uh, kind of the, how we're socialized in terms of gender roles. So we we went much more of a if you will a, a social route as okay. opposed to uh, uh, as. The, the more Freudian or psychological route. Well, let's start with the evolution. Um, that sounded really interesting. How does that work? Uh, well, I, I can talk a little bit about that. Um, if, if we were to look back, you know, thousands and thousands of years to when we were hunters and gatherers, and and women spent a lot of time together because the men were out looking for food and hunting and so on. And so when, when women were spending time together, they shared in the responsibility of doing the housework and, and taking care of the children. And so it, it became very important to connect with other women because that was part of survival. It was part of, um, part of making sure that they were going to stay alive because they had to, to share in a lot of the responsibilities. Uh-huh. And, and, and part of when, and this is connected also to brain research, is that 
when when we look at um, the the brains of women when they're talking, when they're connecting with other women, there's a there's a there's a chemical called oxytocin that gets released in the brain, and so we part of the research that we looked at, or some of it, talked about how this is why women get oxytocin more so than men it, that gets released in the brain during, during times of connecting and talking because of evolution and mm. because we spend so much time talking and connecting with other women um, through, throughout history. And so we emphasize the importance of connecting with other women and that it's, it's literally part of our biology that we need that. Oxytocin is very important because it, it's very pleasurable. It makes us feel really good. Oxytocin also gets released when we have children and when we are breastfeeding our babies. And so when, when we're talking about connecting with other women and having oxytocin being released and, and how that's connected to evolution, we can see how important that is. And so we know from, from all of, you know, our research that we've, we've, we've read that it's, it's, I mean, the title of our book is Mean Girls, Meaner Women, but we know that it's the opposite. We need other women for survival. So where do you think... Uh, I mean that all makes a lot of sense. So where where have we gone wrong? Like how you know why how did we get from that evolutionary state you know many many years ago to where we are now? Well, well let me let me add in a, uh, another piece to that, and, and that is that if we again if we go back to, to early times and the and the roles that are, and again it's it's really not terribly far away. We can. I have only to look back 50, 60 years and still see the role of women still mm-hmm. being strong in, in raising and caring for the children, and that and that men stylistically would um, would fight and be more uh, aggressive physically, and that uh, because women had the roles of of uh, protecting the young and also protecting themselves, they learned to fight in a way that was different from men. Mm. Um, uh, um, that. That, uh, that there had to there had to be other ways that so that I mean conflicts are natural in, in when groups of people are together that um, it, that they couldn't risk fighting in a physical manner and actually um, not being there to raise the young they, there had to be a different way to do it and so that uh, that some of these ways then became um, to exclude other women or to uh, to um, belittle or, or if you will to undermine backbite be hostile those kinds of things. That were um, less physically harmful, but could be, uh, if you will, more harmful psychologically. And then we we can see those roots uh, in evolution. But do you think that? Um, I mean, do you think that the women back when the men were out hunting for food? I mean, even going you know going back further than fifty or sixty years to start. Sure. Um, do you think that women were? I mean, I guess what you're saying is that because we've become less dependent uh, as years have gone by, um, because the men aren't, we're not left alone while the men are out hunting, hunting um, that women have have developed more autonomy from each other, they're more independent from each other, and so there's less of this evolutionary need to to like each other. Uh, what I would say is that there's actually. I, what I would say is that there, we can see the roots of the of, 
the behavior perhaps uh, in evolution, which is something we talk about in the book, but that but that there are other other influences I, I think that certainly come into play in more present day and um, and media influence and even as you're suggesting. Um, the women being much more independent and, if you will, now competing with each other in ways that um, men used to compete with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but women are competing uh, not only with each other, they're competing with men. Right. So it's, it's, uh, it, it, there's a, it's kind of a complex equation that, that is involved with that. Okay, and we'll get more into that when we come back. We need to take a break. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. My guests are Drs. Joan Rosenberg and Erica Holliday. They're the author of the book, Mean Girls, Meaner Women, Understanding Why Women Backstab, Betray, and Trash Talk Each Other, and How to Heal. We'll get back into that when we come back. My name is Dr. Carol Lieberman, and I'm your psychiatrist host. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships... Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. 
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today with my guests, Drs. Joan Rosenberg and Erica Holliday. They're psychologists and author of Mean Girls, Meaner Women, Understanding Why Women Backstab, Betray, and Trash Talk Each Other and How to Heal. We just started talking about that. You know, it's interesting because all of these deep societal and biological and uh, roots are not what we really think about when we see tabloid <laughs> women in the tabloids trashing each other. But um, so it's really interesting to hear all the the the, the background of this. Uh, before we get into some more interesting stuff that I know you have to tell us. Um, I always, you know, this isn't called Dr. Carol's Couch for nothing. I always put my guests on the couch a little bit. And uh, even though you're a psychologist, <laughs> well, you should be better able to deal with this. One thing that I'm always interested in, and I'm sure my listeners are interested too, why a particular person writes a particular book. I actually used to be interested in that way back in elementary school when we had to start writing book reports. That was always the most fascinating part with me. Right. So... um so whichever one of you wants to start, Joan, why don't you start? Um, what? Actually, let me let, let me let Eric. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of my story. <laughs> oh, okay. It's Erica's story. All right, go ahead, Erica. How? Where? How did the two of you, or why did you yeah. um, get into uh, this? So, okay, so I was uh, a doctoral student at the time that this book was first even thought of. Um, Joan was my mentor when I was in school, and I had to pick a topic to write my doctoral thesis. And I'd come up with a lot of which I thought were great topics. Mm-hmm. And when I took them to Joan, she said, <laughs> no, been, been done, been done, no, no, too boring, not mm-hmm. good, no, go back to the drawing board. And so I was really stuck. I, you know, I think Joan wanted me to do something that was unique or had had very little research done on on around the issue. And I just so happened to be at the at the same time going on a on a trip with my family to Europe. I was on a, a plane with my mom and my brother, and my mom and I were sitting together, and my brother was kind of a few seats over, and the female flight attendant was not paying attention to me or my mom, and she was paying a lot of attention mm. to my brother. You know, would you like a soda? Would you like a blanket? <laughs> would you like this and that? And, 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 and my mom and I were like, excuse me, you know, can we? And she was like, hold on a minute. And we were like, whoa. And then we just got into this conversation, my mom and I, about how, you know, why why are women like this to each other? And that's when my mom turned to me and said, this is your topic. This huh. is what you're going to write about. And so I went to Joan, or I think I emailed her from my trip in Europe, and she was like, that's it. That's your topic. So oh, wow. That's how it got started. It was first my doctoral thesis, and then um, we worked on transforming it into a book. Oh, wow. That's, that's very interesting. Um, yes, it is so true, especially, I mean, I guess, I guess you probably have that as one of your chapters, too, like... Um, women being mean to each other 
particularly when it relates to men. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the primary, the right. competition and so on. Um, right. Okay, well, why don't we go back? I know there was some more that you wanted to talk about, Joan, about the brain and, and um, some more roles that that plays. Well, there's, there's one aspect of the, the that particular chapter on the brain where we talk about uh, the pain of social exclusion. And, and uh, you know, I, I certainly know in my life what it feels like to be excluded, and I imagine that any, any one of us can come up with um, all the different ways that we're excluded from something, whether it's being excluded from, uh, as a young girl, from um, playground activities or special cliques uh, or well into adulthood in work environments where we're kept from promotions or certain uh, special assignments or uh, any kind of opportunities or, or even again social cliques. And, and so it, it happens a lot, and I think it, it has a huge impact on, uh, on each of us uh, of individual, each of us as individuals really desiring to fit in and to feel included in something. And, and some of the work that we did, um, it actually goes back to, it's tied to uh, what Francine Shapiro talks about uh, and, and uh, some of her work, and she's well known for uh, her work in, in uh, the area of trauma, but that, but that she talks about um, what she would call big T traumas and little T traumas, uh, and, and that experiences of humiliation, of embarrassment, of exclusion uh, are actually kind of, uh, if you will, the, the small T uh, kind of trauma. And, and what that, kind and of that we, we experience those, uh, they're, that, they're, that they're very, very hurtful. Uh-huh. They're, they're, they're not um, big in the way of, of uh, losing somebody to death or something, a traumatic accident, but that they're, or a natural disaster, but they're, um, but they're big in the way that, that it impacts kind of our, our psychological well-being. Yeah. And, and that, um, that this, the pain of being socially excluded is, is equal, if you will, to um, being what she calls being cut from the herd. So as if we're as if we're left out on our own alone to try to fend for ourselves, mm-hmm. and 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 that it's um, it actually takes a, a huge toll on us because we're 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 fearing that that's what we're going to have to do. We're going to we're going to be left to suffer alone and try to make it on our own. Yes. Um... That, and that is a very under, I mean, everybody feels it, has had experiences with it, or has, ex- continues to have, and yet th- that's sort of the, um, a hurt that we are embarrassed to talk about or admit to. Absolutely, yes. And it, so it gets minimized. Uh, uh, yes, absolutely, yes. In fact, in fact uh, experiences of embarrassment or humiliation also get minimized. Mm-hmm. Right. And I can say I've worked with many, many girls who have experienced being bullied by other girls in school. And, and I can see how traumatic it is for them. And they tell me that when they go home and they tell their parents, you know, their parents say, oh, they minimize it. And they say, oh, it's just, you know, girls being girls or, you know, just... Just get over it. It's just gossip. It's not a big deal. But but it's it is very traumatizing and it's very very painful for girls to experience this. And I think a common uh, part example of this is sororities in college. Mm-hmm. That whole thing of being willing to do anything uh, in desperation to be included, to be invited to join a sorority. Right. Right. right absolutely. Sure. Sure. 
We can we can find the parallels really at, at any aspect of society. Right, right. From from really kindergarten or even nursery school all the way up to seniority. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes, and this whole idea, and I'm sure you talk about this too. The now in the technological age, um, right. all the <laughs> the mean girl emails, the the email right. bullying. Right. It adds a whole other layer to this problem, and. I know that I would not at all want to be uh, a teenage girl at, at, at this point in time. It's 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 very very damaging. Um, the the difference between when I was in school versus now is that there's now anonymity because of the internet mm-hmm. and text messaging, and so girls can create websites. They can um, say very mean and hurtful things about another girl without ever being known that who they are, you know, mm-hmm. that they can get away with something um, that's very, very damaging and hurtful to another girl. Mm-hmm. And, and this all comes under the uh, the rubric or the uh, the name of cyberbullying. Yes, um, yes. And, and and certainly we've seen we've seen the effects of that. Uh, in this case, uh, some I mean, damaging to the point of it being fatal. Right. Um, uh, so, so again, it, yes, it's a Megan, really serious problem. Megan Myers. Right. Uh, right, exactly, in St. Louis, Missouri. That's yeah, correct. Right. I actually had her mother on the show um, before before this, the more recent trial um, where the woman who orchestrated this was first convicted and then uh, it was, she wasn't sentenced to anything. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and we do talk about her in our book. And what, what's, what's scary is that, I am I'm going to guess or predict that there's going to be more Megan Myers out there, mm-hmm. you know, and it, until we do something about cyberbullying and in this case girls girls attacking other girls, you know, it's it's gonna, just going to get worse. I I don't know um how it can better if we get better if we don't really address these issues. Yes, absolutely. Um yeah, it it does give mean girls an extra weapon to now be able to be anonymous and hide oh, yeah. behind it and say even even worse things. Right. Yeah. If if, if you if you'll bear with me on this one, we call this the weapons of Ms. destruction. <laughs> That's good. I like that. <laughs> yes. Very true. Well, um, now I know we're gonna we're gonna talk um, about we're gonna start talking about the media and it its influence. On um, making making mean little girls uh, into mean women. Mm-hmm. The media the media is really uh, has a lot of different elements to it, and and uh, just looking at it kind of uh, from the big picture, um, the the media really is as a can be used as an instrument or a tool for helping us learn how to be in the world. Um, and the, the challenge here is uh, what the media does is want to sell. And, and the things that are the most stimulating and the most provocative tend to sell the best. So, yeah. that, so that part of what the media is doing is going after um, what, what editors uh, will call the money shot. And when we come back, you'll be able to tell us more about what that is (laughs) and how it causes us to be meaner. We're talking today about the book, Mean Girls, Meaner Women, Understanding Why Women Backstab, Betray, and Trash Talk Each Other and How to Heal. 
with the authors of this book, Drs. Joan Rosenberg and Dr. Erica Holliday. So stay tuned. We'll hear more about what the money shot is and how the media, media makes us meaner. <laughs> say that three times. <laughs> when we come back, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. What can you tell me about SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome. Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that, to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. On the web at SkillsUSA.org. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships... Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, here today with Dr. Joan Rosenberg and Dr. Erica Holliday. They're the author of Mean Girls. We're talking about some of the reasons why we become catty, starting from when we're little. And before the break, we just started talking about the, the influence of media and how that makes us mean. So, Joan, why don't you go ahead? I, I think what I started to reference was something called uh, the money shot, uh, which we talk about in the book. And, and the money shot is, is uh, actually something that, that editors and producers of TV shows look for 
um, that uh, is uh, at the kind of where they can edit uh, segments between uh, people that are stimulating and provocative and controversial and uh, and uh, often uh, probably even uh, seductive in in those ways too in terms of being sexually suggestive, suggestive and, and seductive and uh, and that those are the things that sell. And and what uh, and that thus the the word the money shot and that certainly when women are seen uh, pitted against each other and uh, fighting with each other in in whatever way um, that uh, that 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 sells um, the difficulty there is that when uh, women are pitted against each other in those ways um, it makes it so women's anger um, is not not seen seriously and thus not taken seriously. So it makes it easier for men not to take women seriously and it's, it makes it easier for women not to take themselves seriously. So has, has, we think, Eric and I think it has huge implications. Right. I, I mean, there's, there's this one particular show that I don't even know if it's on the air anymore. It's called, it was, was called The Flavor of Love. I don't know if you've ever seen it, Carol, but... No. Okay, and so it's, it's, it was one of those d- dating reality shows um, where women were competing with each other to win the prize, and the prize was a guy, Flavor Flav. And on one particular show, um, at, at the end, he gets rid of one of the girls. You know, he, he dismisses her. He tells her that he doesn't, you know, she, he doesn't want her on the show anymore. And as she's leaving, she spits on it. I mean spits. Like big gross spit on one of the, one of the one of the women who you know he is he's keeping and and so what ends up happening is they they get into a big fight a physical fight pulling hair and I, I mean just wow. really unattractive and and so um, whenever I talk about um, this issue at at you know, at a presentation or in a school, every all the kids start laughing or even the adults start laughing because most people have seen this clip because if you go to YouTube, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know how many thousands or millions of, of clicks, it, you know, it's had, but a lot of people are very familiar with this, this scene. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. It's comical. People laugh at it. But, but if we were to really dissect it, um, we would see that it's not funny because... What editors and producers are doing is that they're encouraging this type of behavior on television. They, they, you know, behind the scenes might say to the girls, we want you to act this way. Mm-hmm. You know, if you fight, it's okay. You know, we won't mind type of thing. And, and so they're looking for that. They, they might even pick girls because they are predicting that they might act out in this type of way. Uh-huh, yes. Right. And so, so unfortunately it sells. And the end result is that girls and women learn that it's okay to behave this way. And not only is it okay, but that you should act this way. It gets normalized yeah. by, by kids and girls and maybe even women too now. And, and so this is where it becomes a, a big problem because this is now seen as okay. Yes, um, kind of like women, female mud wrestling, or like even in shows um, like soap operas and so on, they right. have over in recent years they've taken to showing. Um, I mean, they would never have something like that in the past, and yet more recently they have 
started injecting uh, scenes of two women fighting, and of course it's usually over a man. Well, why don't we talk about that? Um, the you know what the women are mean to each other about, and how much of it is is about men, and and what other kinds of things. Well, I think the bottom line is that what we're fighting about is access to resources. So whether it's a guy who gives us access to resources or a job who gives us access to resources or or whatever it is, it's it's really that we're trying to find our way to the top. It's we know it in society it's still it's still a man's world so to speak. You know, we um, we know that women make 77 cents for every dollar a man earns that when we look at the top um, CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, the majority of them are men. You know, and I so I can go on and on. We still haven't had a female president yet, even though we got close. Still hasn't happened. So we are women. We are competing for a piece of the pie. And for women, there's a much smaller piece of the pie compared to men. Um, and, and so. Whether it's a job, it's a promotion, it's a guy, we feel like we need to fight for it because it, it's harder for us to get access to it. Well, what I was going to do was just to try to elaborate a little bit further on, on what Erica is saying, and that is that, 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 we're, that early on, yes, Carol, I think you were right, the fight was um, for a man. Um, for the resources that Erica is talking about. And what's ended up happening is that women then started to compete with men. Um, so not just for a man, but now it was uh, against a man. Mm. And then, and then uh, as women started to be much more in the workforce, at least in, in our in United States culture, women started to compete with women for the same things um, that they were competing against men and for men for, which is, again, all the access to, to resources. So it's it's competing for uh, prestige, competing for money, competing for reputation, uh, competing for the best kids. Uh, Again, the list becomes endless here. Yeah, and I'm just thinking of of some movies where you see that kind of thing, like uh, in The Devil Wears Prada, for example. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Or, you know, we just kind of, as women, we sort of grow up to realize that um, other women who are in positions above us, like at work, for example, or just you know in different social kinds of situations where there is a pecking order, um, we, off, we we learn that we can often get further if it's a man who's ahead of us who we have to get to promote us or to do something for us, as opposed to if it's a woman. Like you know, you, you know, when you go into the bank, if you get a woman teller. <laughs> you're less likely to get what you want than if you get a man-teller. Well, it's interesting because we have a story in, in the book about um, we, had, we had talked with a makeup artist, and, and she was telling us how um, women insisted on either being made up by a man or going to, uh, to male cosmeticians huh. uh, um, because they felt like if they went to female makeup artists or female or, uh, uh, hair People who work in hair salons, beauticians, um, that uh, that the, those women would make them ugly as opposed to what a man would do. Oh, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, we can again, we can see this issue cutting across so many different aspects of society. 
Yes, so. and I guess also that uh, feeling that a man gave you, did your makeup or did your hair, um, you would also feel that you were approved of by a man or that this is what men like, so therefore it has to be good. Right. 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 And, and you can hear with girls and women that, you know, behind other women's back, there's a lot of gossip about wishing them negative things. You know, I... I, you know, I hear these stories of of girls saying, you know, I, I, I wish that something would happen to her and she would get fat or she would become ugly or, you know, wish, wishing wishing negative things so that they wouldn't be a threat to them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A- and when you look at men or boy boys and men, you don't hear the same kinds of con- conversations. Um, it's kept separate that their their life is kept separate from from other men that they wish them well they, and they wish themselves well. Um, because they know that they're, it, it's, they don't, they can make, their friends can make it and they can make it. Uh huh. You know? Uh huh. There are more resources to go around. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's really very interesting. Well, why don't we start talking? Oh, well, we're going to probably have a break any minute now, but we can, maybe you can give us a little, um, teaser into how we can heal from all of this. Um, I think the teaser would be that we, we need to be expressing ourselves and being authentic and talking about, um, talking about how, how we feel about each other, uh, girls and women, and, and really putting this all out on the table, um, because this isn't being discussed. Um, so we need to be having dialogues about, um, about our relationships with each other. Yes, and have you, um, both of you started, I, I know you do a lot of speaking, have you been, now that you've written this book, have you been um, going into women's groups and using the book as a sort of a catalyst to get them to start talking to each other about these things? Well, the, the book is uh, newly out, uh, and so that that's, that's something that's in our plans and it hasn't yet quite happened. Because I think it would be a wonderful um, uh, tool for like different, let's say, companies where there are lots of women, or or organizations, or um, any place where a lot of women have to work together or be together, and uh, to avoid some of this tension that goes on, um, this could be a, a wonderful tool for them to open up, just like what you were saying, and to uh, to bond more in a more positive kind of way. Right? Uh, absolutely, and and uh, we have. Uh... Uh, parent groups looking at it for uh, parents of teens, gr- yes. girls in uh, middle school and high school, and we'd also love to see it get into the school system. Yes, uh, yes, even to start early, so that uh, so that it it doesn't get meaner as they get bigger. Right, so, right. We need to take another break. We'll be back with more talk about mean girls and meaner women with my guests. Dr. Joan Rosenberg and Dr. Erica Holliday, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? 
Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy to understand tools and tips with his weekly guests jim draws from successes with professionals college high school and youth teams coaches and players learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure tension and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with championship thinking every tuesday at 4 p.m pacific time right here on america's voice voice america son we gotta talk about drinking i know I don't want you touching alcohol till you're old enough. Yeah, I, I know, Dad. It's not a big deal. Don't yeah, I know me, okay? And it is a big deal. Underage drinking is just stupid. Yeah, well, why'd you do it? Look, I did it because we didn't know what we know now. Alcohol affects kids differently, okay? When kids drink, it's more dangerous. And you're my kid. And just because they drink doesn't mean you have to. I, I know. I know. Look, son, I'm trying to help. I've seen what it does. I mean, you may think you can handle it, but when you drink, it screws up your judgment. Listen to me. This is real. I, I know, okay? I know. Teenagers know everything. So talk about underage drinking before they know it all. Before they're teens. Start talking before they start drinking. And keep talking. To learn more about the dangers of underage drinking and what to say to your kids, go to StopAlcoholAbuse.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking Today with my guests, Dr. Joan Rosenberg and Dr. Erica Holliday about their book, Mean Girls, Meaner Women. And um, for our last segment, um, Joan, why don't you go ahead. What I know there are so many other things, of course, in the book that we haven't touched on, but what we have talked about so far is really fascinating. What, what else would you like to bring up today? Um, yeah, I would agree with you. There's there's so much, and and we can only touch on on uh, I guess give you just a taste of the, a few things. I just want to make one more comment about uh, the media, and then start to start to go into kind of uh, what to do. Um, the the uh, one other thing I want to say about the media is is how uh, it, it turns into a situation where um, people are um, the notion is that people can achieve do- uh, popularity through dominance. Uh, as opposed to kindness or humor or, or helpfulness, 
uh, and that that's again part of what gets uh, uh, conveyed across the uh, the the video across the airwaves, if you will, and that um, that as a as a result that um, meanness becomes the coping strategy to achieve these these things, and and that what people learn, girls and women learn, then is that um, this meanness is is a problem solving strategy, which in fact um, Eric and I would like to say it's it's not really. Um, and the other thing that I want to make a comment about is what, is what we call the code of silence between women. And, and that is the, this idea that it's really a, kind of an implicit agreement between women not to talk about um, our own competitive and angry feelings uh, with each other. And instead, we either tend to turn those inward where they remain unexpressed or that we express them through hurtful attacks or hostility on other women. Uh, and, and that that... I think that that then leads us right into kind of whatever are some of our next steps. Right. Well, and I, just, let me just yeah. one, just one quick thing. Um, you know, also, I, 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 you, I would imagine you also probably go into a little bit not only the impact of the this behavior, mean behavior on the person who is who is the recipient, but also the impact on the person, who, the woman who is being mean. It, it also has an effect on that woman too, right? Absolutely. Erica, do you want to respond to that? Yeah, I, I, if if we look at um, research on bullying, um, the the one who is the bully itself actually has, um, as they get older, they're more likely to suffer from anxiety issues and depression and low self esteem. So we often think that it's 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 the victim that is going to suffer from all of these types of issues. Which but they can. Right. Right. Absolutely they can. I think that's what we focus more on. But it's also the perpetrator who is suffering and will suffer from a, or could suffer from a host of these issues. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, is an important lesson also for people um, uh Reading your book or listening to your seminar or whatever that it's not we that we're not that it may feel like fun at the time that you're being mean that you're the one dominating and so on but really it does have these more insidious kind of, kinds of effects on us as well I mean not that any of us are mean at all I didn't mean to imply that that's that's absolutely true and, and the challenge here is that is that women typically uh, have experience with both sides of it with both being a victim and then once victimized, often then becoming the person who hurts other women. Well, why don't you, uh, um, Eric, I want to make sure that we have enough time to give out the websites and tell people what they can get and where they can get the book and so on. Uh, you can find the book on Amazon, and you can also go to our website, which is meangirlsmeanerwomen.com, and you can also uh, find an excerpt of the book on our website as well. Yes, um, and so so if you want to get more of a taste of this, all you have to do for uh, for starters is to go to the website and, and you can download some more of the book. Um, I know there's a ton more. Um, in the time that we have, do, do you want to make, do either of you want to make another, cram in another statement? <laughs> sure, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Um, I, I think that the, in terms of... Um, 
had kind of a, a direction to go for women to, to begin to think about is, is that they need to think about learning how to express their feelings more directly. Um, and that, that unfortunately, again, the, these uh, women have a hard time often handling what I would call difficult feelings of anger or competitiveness, envy, jealousy, uh, and, and our aggression, and that uh, women, it, women actually have something to learn from men in this regard, I think, and that is to learn how to tolerate those kinds of feelings within themselves and then the next step would be to then learn how to uh, express those feelings more directly with each other. Uh, and, and in enough, in, in doing so, uh, women then have an opportunity to create more alive, more vibrant, uh, and actually more well-connected relationships with each other. Yes, like we had when <laughs> back in the day of the caveman. I guess a large part of the problem, though, is because um, we're so afraid that if we do express our feelings um, more directly, that we're going to get meanness back. Well, I, I, I think what the recommendation is to to do it only if you feel safe. So, if the person who's being mean to you is somebody who you don't feel like you could go talk to about expressing your feelings then go to somebody else and talk about it. As long as the ex- you're expressing whatever's going on for you, it's coming out and being expressed, um, that's really the most important thing. So as, as long as it gets out. Uh-huh. And in a sort of an honest way rather than um, calling the other person names or spreading yeah. nasty rumors about them. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Uh, but but the, other, the other issue is also then where, where uh, it, the opportunity may not be there to work out the relationship um, with, if you will, the, the bullying woman, uh, the hurtful woman, uh, it would still be uh, women learning how to stand up and, and indicate that that behavior has to stop. Uh-huh. Yes, so, absolutely. So that, that, would, that would be a, a first step, and where there's the opportunity, the, the next step might be to express the deeper feelings uh, with, with that individual. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, with bad boys. Like, if, if women didn't let themselves be disrespected and treated badly, they, they wouldn't be. There wouldn't, they, there wouldn't, uh, bad boys wouldn't exist. I mean, they wouldn't be able to get anywhere. And same thing with mean girls. If we stopped letting each other, right. you know, being, yeah. accepting that behavior, it would eventually stop as well. Well, let me thank you both. This was really fascinating. Again, my guests were Dr. Joan Rosenberg and Dr. Erica Holliday. The book is called Mean Girls, Meaner Women, Understanding Why Women Backstab, Betray, and Trash Talk Each Other and How to Heal. And you can get it from Amazon.com. And before that, you can check out their website, MeanGirlsMeanerWomen.com. And thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com.
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 